promise you swag, swag. Is Lamar Jackson a top five quarterback again this week? And which one of these rookies is going to blow up? Because I have a feeling it's going to be one of them in particular. I'm Andrew Scher, host of the Four Downs Fantasy Football Podcast. And alongside me, as always, Scott Smith. Scott, it's Friday morning. We just got done watching Panthers Tampa. We thought Jameis was going to shit the bed. And holy crap, Cam Newton looked like Jameis Winston. Yeah, it was a pretty rough outing. One of the worst that I've seen out of Cam. And the only thing that was worse than his outing and his performance was that outfit he had on after the game for the press conference. I don't know what the hell he was thinking. He looked like a broke-ass Mary Poppins. And uh, that's about how he played as well. So, (laughs) look, it was a rough outing last night for uh, Cam. And, and look, if – He's in a situation where he can't run. I just feel like he's going to be easy to game plan for for opposing defensive coordinators, and that's really going to cause problems because he's just not an accurate quarterback in the intermediate level of the passing field, and uh, it's concerning going forward. Let's jump right into it. We can quickly recap last night. You mentioned Cam Newton. Um, Let's start off with that. So that's our takeaway from last night. Um, Cam just did not have it last night. I mean, you know, he's always been – inaccurate I think that's been something that has been kind of who he is and he's honestly worked with it I mean he he's had really good years um when he's been inaccurate but last night it just looked a lot worse so my question for you Scott is are you concerned with his fantasy value we all had him as a top 10 quarterback I have him in a lot of leagues um are you worried that he's hurt and he's just gonna be out for some time I mean I know they're not saying that but is it just something did not look right last night Yeah, to me, I'm not really concerned that it's the shoulder. It just looks like it's the ankle. Like, he's having trouble planting. He can't push off and and really run or scramble the way he is. And he's just not a pocket passer. So if you take away the the rushing ability that he has, then he's just a lot less of a threat than what he is. And, and look, if you, you have to tell me, hey, take away Cam's rushing ability and just bet on him as a pocket passer. That's not something that I'm willing to do. So right now, for me, he moves out of the quarterback one discussion. Uh, He's going to continue to be outside of the top 12 uh, quarterbacks for me over the next couple of weeks until I see that he's healthy again. I'm glad you mentioned that. I think a lot of people are gravitating towards the shoulder, and rightfully so because it was a big injury last year. But, Scott, I think what you mentioned is – Possibly the issue, I agree with you. I think it is the ankle, and I think a lot of people aren't realizing that, but I think that ankle injury in the preseason might have some effect on Cam. Now, just really quickly, oh, staying on the Panthers, DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel both looked good last night. I was super impressed with DJ Moore. I think I never doubted his talent. I had him 22 going into the year. You had him 18, so that was you were the highest out of uh, out of both of us. Man, he looked really good, right? I mean, he was running good routes behind the shoulder catches. I mean, uh, good, right? He's a good receiver. Like I said, DJ Moore for me was one of the easiest players to scout coming out through through the rookie process and everything. He just had everything that you looked for in a wide receiver. Young, age-adjusted production, uh, you know, good spark score, great athlete, good combine. He was just clean as far as a wide receiver went. So he was somebody I was really high on, especially coming into the season. And I think you saw it last week, I mean, last night, excuse me, but 
look, 24 targets over the first two weeks, that's the type of volume you're looking for. If he can continue that volume, even with Cam, you know, having trouble with, with passing the ball and whatnot, I still think he can go ahead and put up top 24 production with that volume. And uh, look, all that's missing right now is, is him getting into the end zone. I think uh, eventually that'll get fixed. I think Cam will get more healthy as the season progresses but for right now the volume is what's going to go ahead and, and carry him so in, in ppr leagues and, and whatnot i think he's a, a comfortable wide receiver too and a great flex option going forward let's shift over to tampa bay buccaneers chris godwin with a career game eight for 28 for 121 one touchdown i know me and you feasted off of that because we have so much chris godwin so it was a good night for the both of us i'm assuming last night mike evans four for 61 um are we are we jumping the gun here? Are we are we going to say that Godwin might be the number one fantasy wide receiver in Tampa? Yeah, I think the way that offense operates and where the targets are are being being distributed, not that Mike Evans is that far behind as far as the target share, but I just think the the high volatility of where Mike Evans is getting the ball at down the field is going to cause him not to be nearly as efficient as what Chris Godwin is. So for me, I absolutely going forward in my, my rankings next week, you'll you'll see it reflected. I think Godwin is going to be where you would normally see Mike Evans. Um, Mike Evans is still going to have his, his big games. You saw him catch the ball down the field. But as far as that slot position and the, the higher efficiency, higher leverage targets, I think you're going to continue to see that going towards Chris Godwin in this offense and look we'll, we'll go ahead and switch gears and also bring in OJ Howard he laid the goose egg last night so I think you also have to have real concern about OJ Howard and start moving him down rankings and maybe you're not going to see that that breakout that you were expecting to see having OJ Howard as a top five tight end this year are we uh, I mean are we looking at Bruce Arians track record here he's never really had really a good tight end that he supported. So what are we thinking? Because it, it kind of just blows my mind that he didn't get any looks because I think we know that the talent is there. I think despite what he did last night, we you don't really have to be some super scout to see what he does on tape and to realize that he should be demanding targets. So I, I think it's a little bit of a snowball effect. So all season long, that's kind of been a narrative. It's O.J. Howard's talent and, and projection versus Bruce Arian's offense and, and what he's done in the past. And, and really the issue is, is that it's not so much Bruce Arians anymore because I think you look at it and Byron Leftwich is the one that's calling the plays and he was super conservative last night. I, I got so sick of seeing just the, the running backs run between the guards on the early downs and just not a lot of imagination. It seems like it was, let's go ahead and run early downs and hope Chris Godwin or Mike Evans can bail us out on third down. But the more concerning part is that you're even seeing Cameron Brate more involved in offense at this point. So the box score says zero targets. He did, O.J. Howard did actually get one target, but it was actually called back due to a penalty, so it doesn't really hit the box score. But but look, for him to throw up a goose egg, I know a lot of people drafted him in between round five and seven, and, and that's really hurting some lineups right now, especially if you played him. We talked about last week getting as much TJ Hawkinson and Darren Waller as you can. So those guys are definitely in that top four of the five like tight end range now for me. And I think you have to legitimately move OJ Howard down towards the bottom end of tight end ones, talking about like 10 through 12 until he shows you more. Just not what you want to see at R.J. Howard. Uh, anything else to touch on in this game, Scott? I know that uh, everyone was 
super hyped about Ronald Jones' potential, and he was said to get more work tonight. Like that was literally said by the coaching staff, and then he gets four carries, nine yards. Yeah, Ronald Jones wasn't something I was buying in on. Even people that uh, got hyped up after a little glimmer of hope and production there in week one were were kind of getting pumped up about the possibility of him being used. I hope nobody put him in their lineups. It's just it's one of these things. It's going to be a progressive wait and see on, on Ronald Jones. Uh, we didn't buy into the hype all offseason. I just didn't see the jump happening. I still think Peyton Barber's the, the number one guy there. And I don't think it's out of the – out of the realm to to maybe see a guy like Jay Ajayi sign midseason over there in, in Tampa Bay. So that wouldn't surprise me at all. So Ronald Jones isn't on any of my teams and isn't going to be in any of my lineups or even in the top 45 rankings anytime soon. So, All right, that'll do it for the Thursday night recap. We will look forward to next Thursday's uh, recap when it's Jaguars and Titans. That should be a fucking blast. Um, quick news notes. Um, Darius Geis, torn meniscus. He's going to be out some time. It is in his other knee, not the one that he tore his ACL on last year. This is the same knee that he had issues with at LSU. Man, I just, it's it's nervous. It, it makes me nervous about Darius's future, not just this year, but, you know, along the line, especially in redraft leagues. So, Darius Geis, Scott, I know you're a Redskins fan, but, uh, man, this is just, it's not a great look kind of all around for him. Yeah, man, it really sucks. Um, I'm a big Darius Geis fan. He's actually been to my family's home for uh, a gathering. My my brother-in-law actually grew up with him. So I have a little bit of a personal feeling towards him. And uh, it just sucks because I feel like he's one of these players that due to injuries is never fully going to live up to his potential. You know, especially in Dynasty Leagues, if you have him, you know, you sat on him all last year hoping that this was going to be the year. And then the Redskins also have Trent Williams holding out and some other issues. But last week was the week that that you really wanted to see things pop off for him. The coaching staff is, is kind of soured on Adrian Peterson, who they're actually going to have to go back to. But I, I think when you start looking at this situation, he, he's droppable from your fantasy rosters right now. I would expect with the with the surgery for him to miss somewhere in a six to eight week range, I would actually err on the side of caution and, and project it more to the eight week range. But at this point in time, he's just droppable. I think you uh you can't depend on, upon him in, in any of your redraft leagues. And we, we talked about it on our, our waiver wire show. I think uh, Chris Thompson was my top running back ad this week. And if you're in a PPR league, I think he's definitely going to be startable as a flex play. And he maybe could go ahead and give you a little bit of relief from uh, that Darius Geis injury if you had guys. Let's move on to um, to kind of our our biggest news of I feel like the off season. Uh, we, we we can't stop shutting up about it. Hopefully this kind of does it for now. Antonio Brown will be playing on Sunday. Uh, he's going to be investigated by the NFL, but uh, you know it's it's again it's civil court matter, so he can still play while being investigated. Scott, I mean, it's the Dolphins. It, you know, we're expecting a blowout. Um, you know, I don't, I don't expect him to get much work. Uh, I, I don't know about you, but uh, I mean, what are you looking at with Antonio Brown this week? Are we slotting him in that wide receiver twentieth range? Just kind of giving him the benefit of the doubt right there, and just say based on his talent, he's a shoe in wide receiver too. 
No, not for me. Um, I actually have him just outside of uh, of a flex play. I think if you're desperate, you can go ahead and throw a dart, but I have him as a wide receiver 37 this week. I'm kind of conflicted as to how I want to look at this week for him. Um, I think Miami is a good spot because of how bad they are to get him a little bit more acclimated and, and give him some routes and get him used and accustomed to to this offense and how it's going to work. But I talked about it before. I think it's going to take three to four weeks for him to, to get comfortable. You could see a flash play in him scoring a, a touchdown. I mean, look at look at what Marquise Brown did scorching uh, the Dolphins last week on just 12 plays. So I, I think uh, there's a possibility and outside chance. But for me, I just want to take a wait and see approach on Antonio Brown and see. I actually think Antonio Brown's arrival is going to have some people uh, ranking Josh Gordon a little bit lower than what he what he is. So he's a guy we'll talk about a little bit later that I expect to outperform his ranking this week. But uh, for me, like I said, I, I think it's a take a wait and see approach and see how he gets himself acclimated within this offense. And like I said, I just think it's hard to project what his volume is going to be. And with this Miami team being as bad as they are, I think it's a good spot for him for them to get him some routes and get him a little bit comfortable with this offense, but not lean on him as a primary option. Let's jump right into it. Week two, I'm excited for it. I'm ready for it. Let's get it rolling. The uh, first game we're going to look at, Ravens versus Cardinals. Let's start with the easy one on the Cardinal side of things. Kyler Murray, from a fantasy standpoint, in my opinion, he showed that flash in the pan we were looking for, especially in that second half last week. Um, did some work with his legs. Uh, you know, we're not starting him this week. Um, the only guys I really want to talk about here are the wide receivers. Just a reminder, Guys, David Johnson, people like that, you're going to start. So we might not even mention just to keep the ball rolling. Larry Fitzgerald, 100 yards in the second half. I think, actually, I think he had most of that in the fourth quarter last week. Is Larry your favorite Cardinals wide receiver? Yeah, absolutely. Look, Larry Fitzgerald's a legend. He, he's he been doing this for a long time, the ultimate professional. If I had to rank my, my all-time team, look, at, at wide receiver, I'd have three guys. It'd be Randy Moss, Jerry Rice, and Larry Fitzgerald. That's how highly I think of Larry Fitzgerald as a player. So I think he's going to continue to to be this primary option here. It was a little bit rocky start to last week's game, but you saw Kyler Murray get more comfortable as the, the game wore on, and Larry Fitzgerald with his route running and just the career and, and experience that he has is going to continue to to find spots open in the zone, create some separation here and there. So he's a guy that I'm really comfortable with within this offense, and I think he's going to continue to, to do well. Baltimore Ravens, the question that everyone probably wants to know, um, Lamar Jackson. So last week I had him as quarterback five. Um, I'm going to keep him in that same range. Uh, you know, what about you, Scott? Are you kind of expecting another big week from Lamar? Lamar is my quarterback three this week behind Patrick Boom. Mahomes. Welcome, welcome, and, the, welcome home. Yeah, he's my, my QB three behind Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady this week. So uh, I'm pretty high on Lamar. I think this is a game where he'll get more active in, in the Russian department. Last week, Miami just wasn't able to move him off of his spot and force him to have to run. So he just carved him up through the air. So I think this is a week where you'll see Lamar, you know, get more rushing activity and get some of those points that actually give him that that high floor. Well, don't go out there expecting a, a rehash of what you saw last week out of Lamar Jackson. I still think he's going to put up points, but I think this is a situation where you drafted Lamar Jackson for the upside, so you ride, ride him until you see something different. 
Um, Marquise Brown, where, where where do you think he's slotted in? Is he a flex play or is he kind of just a bench play? Yeah, he's not a flex play for me at all this week. Um, last week he only saw 12, uh, 12 routes, 12 snaps. Um, he did what he did in that, that short volume of uh, – of play in time, but I, I think this is a this is a week where a, a lot of people are going to go ahead and and hit that button on Marquise Brown and end up being disappointed. Um, for me, he's going to slot outside of my top 36 wide receivers this week. I think it's a it's a stretch to expect him to to do what he did last week. I actually have him as my wide receiver 46. So if he's not getting the play in time, he's just not going to get the volume you need to, to go ahead and, and be productive and reproduce what he did last week. So heed the warnings. Look, if you have Marquise Brown, if you got him off the waiver wire, leave him on a bench this week. Mark Andrews, top 10 tight end for myself this week against the Cardinals. Uh, what are you thinking about Mark Andrews? He's, he's got to be a start, right? Yeah, he's actually going to slot in as my uh, tight end six. Um, you saw what TJ Hawkinson did last week. So uh, I think the Arizona Cardinals defense is, is going to struggle year long with uh, matching up with tight ends. So I, I think Mark Andrews is an easy play this week and a shoe in to be uh, top 10. But like I said, I have him as my, my tight end six. So I think you can play him with confidence. Move on to the next game. Cowboys, Redskins. We'll start on the Redskins side. Um Chris Thompson, we just got finished talking about him. Um, uh, you know, we've seen that kind of running back three range because he's not a top 25 guy for me. Uh, you know, I kind of got him in that 30-ish range. I just, I don't know. I don't know what the Adrian Peterson work is, but you're in the camp that AP is kind of doghouse, right? So it should be a lot of Chris Thompson. Well, while AP is in a doghouse, uh, the Redskins just don't have another option there for early downs work. So this is a game that I would expect the Cowboys to to get out early. The spread's only five and a half, but you do have Dallas uh, sitting there coming in as a road favorite. But look, I, I expect the Cowboys to get out early, and I expect the Redskins to be uh, playing catch-up. So last week, Chris Thompson had six receptions on, on 10 targets. I would expect a, a similar stat line to what you saw last week. Um I think Adrian Peterson's going to get the majority of the early down work, but I think Chris Thompson's going to end up being your more successful running back on the week. Wide receivers, uh, you know, big waiver wire ad, Terry McLaurin. Uh, I got him in a lot of leagues. You got him in a lot of leagues, I'm sure. Terry McLaurin is kind of a wait and see, or are we rolling out with him? Uh, it really depends upon... Uh... You know how your how your team matches up. Uh, the Cowboys have a good defense. They're they're going to be one of my top defensive plays this week. So I, I think you can take a wait and see approach. Um, what we saw last week with ninety three percent of the snap share, like really bodes well for Terry McLaurin and his playing time. He ended up with thirty right under thirty three percent in market share of yards for the Redskins. And uh, I, I think this week though, with the Cowboys defense and, and the matchups against those cornerbacks, I, I think you can kind of temper expectations and and see how he does. What we want to see is a duplication of the targets and work that he got. So if he ends up playing 80 plus percent of the snaps again and still sees in that that seven, seven to eight target volume, I think moving forward after week three, you can go ahead and play him with confidence and and see that his role within the offense is going to be set. I mean, are you worried at all that this Cowboys defense is that is that good? I mean, I mean that they could just completely shut down all those guys. I mean, I know they're not must starts for you, but I'm sure in deeper leagues and maybe people who lost Tyreek Hill might have to start him. So are you kind of concerned that it could just be, you know, could have been just a flash in the pan last week? 
Uh, the the thing that I look at with Terry McLaurin is that you look at his air yards. He did have a long touchdown, but there was another long touchdown that he easily missed that could have been another 70-yard touchdown and could have been two touchdowns on a day, which would have made it a monster day for him. If you have a guy like Tyreek Hill that got hurt, like Terry McLaurin should technically be like your fourth or fifth wide receiver on your on your roster. So if if you have Tyreek Hill who got hurt, it's really going to depend upon matchups. So you're basically looking at Terry McLaurin versus like your fourth wide receiver, possibly your third wide receiver. So you, you just have to look at the matchups and see what your options are. So for me, whenever I look at Terry McLaurin, he, he's going to be right around that borderline as a, as a flex play. I'm going to have him slotted somewhere around wide receiver 38 this week. Dallas Cowboys, Dak Prescott, top 12 guy this week, or we just kind of you know, grain of salt with that uh, with that New York Giants defense last week. No, Dak's still going to be a top 10 guy for me. I have him as my QB6 on the week. Um, one of the things I'm really interested in, we we saw last week with uh, Michael Gallup, and even we saw like Randall Cobb look great within that, uh, that offense with Kellen Moore going ahead, taking over play-calling duties there. So I, I really liked what we saw at, from a play-calling standpoint and, and not seeing so much just leaning on Zeke constantly you saw them get out and change up the personnel groupings a lot you saw them passing on early down so I think it's going to be hard for defenses to really key in on just loading up to stop Zeke I think you're going to see like Amari Cooper Michael Gallup you're going to see all of these guys continue to have success and look Dak Prescott's a guy who's finished as a QB 10 at least every year so I think that's going to be something that you continue to see week in and week out so I think Dak Prescott's an easy start this week Michael Gallup, a big blow up last week. He was kind of picking up some hype towards the end of the preseason. I kind of like him as a flex play. Uh, what are your thoughts on Gallup, Scott? Yeah, I think he's in a good spot to to go ahead and, and get into your lineups as a, as a flex play. I think uh, there's a lot of upside there with that Redskins defense. They're, they're horrible at tackling, especially in the secondary. Josh Norman is not a shutdown cornerback by any stretch of imagination compared to what he was in, in past years. I think uh, he's on the downside of, of his career. And look, the, the rest of that Redskins offense, I mean, excuse me, defense, secondary in particular, just doesn't instill fear and especially in the coverage so I think uh, Quentin Dunbar is a guy who's very easily uh, beatable especially on double moves and and things like that so I think Gallup's a a solid flex play I actually have him as my wide receiver 36 on the week all right so you know it's just kind of a yeah I'm expecting a blowout uh, even though the Redskins kept it a little bit close last week Colts Titans um, a game that's going to go either way we can start on the Colts side of things um Devin Funchess is out, so you got to think a few targets might be lingering around. Uh, let's start at the wide receiver position. T.Y., uh, wide receiver two. Yeah, I think you have to go ahead and play T.Y. Uh, they don't have much else that you can uh, really look at. You're talking about Zach Pascal and you know a few other guys just mismatched in there. Eric Ebron put up a dud last week, so we weren't high on him all offseason. So I, I think from the Colts side of things, you, you have to kind of lean on, on T.Y. Hilton and, and Marlon Mack for the week. Uh, Marlon Mack had a huge game last week, so I'm interested to see if he can kind of continue that within this offense with Jacoby Brissett at the helm. That Colts offensive line is still a hell of a blocking unit, so I think uh, he's in a good position. But specifically the thing that, that we have to key in on 
with Marlon Mack is that the coaching staff continued their trend what they had during the last five games of uh, last year with uh, Marlon Mack being in on more passing downs and, and that, that trend's continuing. So I think Naheem Hines is a guy that isn't necessarily getting phased out of the offense, but he's not a guy that's capping Marlon Mack's ceiling, especially in the passing game right now. Yeah, so, I mean, we saw it last week. I mean, just it, it just looked like complete domination, you know, when you box score red on Marlon Mack, but then he kind of looked more into it, and he got a lot of production in the second half. Um, I, I almost feel like it was a fluky fluky result last year for Marlon Mack. I, I know we were not the Marlon Mack guys, so that kind of also plays into it. But, I mean, look, Nick Chubb kind of really ran the ball well last week uh, against the Titans. We didn't really see much of that because, you know, he got sniped for a touchdown by Hilliard and the game's a blowout, so we didn't really pay attention. But um, Marlon Mack, do you, do you like him this week? Because I kind of have a feeling he finds the end zone. Yeah, I think you have to start him in your lineup. You probably drafted him as a running back two slash flex, but he showed the upside last week. Uh, I know I wasn't the highest uh, Marlon Mack guy, but look, right now that offense, the way they're beat up, they're going to lean on T.Y. Hilton and Marlon Mack. So what you want to go ahead and shoot for is the volume, and I think Mack's going to get that volume. If he gets into the end zone, that's going to be a plus, but uh, I think you can go ahead and and expect at least a, a running back two week out of Marlon Mack. Let's go to the Titans side of things. Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson looked really good last week against that Colts run defense. Um, you know, it's kind of hard for me because I think you look at the talent level in that Colts defense, and they are a talented bunch. So I feel like they're still a good defense despite the week one rust. Uh, we've seen teams be rusty in week one. Derrick Henry, I mean, if you, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not the Derrick Henry guy, but I feel like you just you have to start him this week. You don't have a choice. Yeah, it's all about volume with Derrick Henry and I think last week's long touchdown on the screenplay was a little bit fluky I wouldn't expect uh, that to be reproduced here in in this week against the Colts but the Colts defense just doesn't scare me right now Um, you saw an injury last last week with you know with their their amazing rookie uh, um, second year linebacker now and Darius Leonard so it'll be interesting to see you know how how good he's moving around here in this game but look Derrick Henry last week got 60% of the the snaps there for that Colts back I mean excuse me the Tennessee backfield and and Deion Lewis was basically relegated to the scrap so what we saw ending last year is continuing over with this this Tennessee offense this year and I think this this backfield is going to run through Derrick Henry unless they get behind I think the uh the game script's really going to be what what affects Deion Lewis and I don't see this game getting out of hand to where they have to go away from Derrick Henry just uh, another bad kind of <laughs> a bad group of guys, in my opinion, uh, at least from the fantasy side of things. We just don't know what's going to happen with the wide receivers. A.J. Brown looked really good last week. Corey Davis did not. Delaney Walker looked good last week. At the same time, he's kind of been so-so in his last few years. A lot of pass catchers in Tennessee. I don't know who to play. I don't really have many shares of them, so I haven't really looked too in-depth at it, but... Scott, it, kind of just going off of last week, if you had to pick one, it's got to be A.J. Brown. But even saying that, I mean, he's probably flirting with – he's probably in that wide receiver four range for you. I'd be surprised if he's top 36. Yeah, so the thing with A.J. Brown last week is is he was productive whenever he got the ball. So he had basically two big plays uh, in the passing game and, and, look, went for a solid 100 yards um, 
the the big disappointment last week was, was Corey Davis, who put up the goose egg for you. And, and Davis is a guy that I expected to see around 115 to 125 targets on a year. Last week, only saw three, didn't come down with a, a catch in any of them. But what I'm really looking at is the, the snap share that you saw last week. A.J. Brown had 26 snaps on on the uh, the game and, and really took advantage of, of the plays that went his way. Corey Davis still was was keying in for for 45 snaps. I expect Corey Davis to have a bounce back uh, week this week. I, I think uh, you still leave him on the bench. I think he's a little bit of a desperation play here this week. I have him outside of my my top 36 wide receivers, but I, I expect him to come back and and do more than what he did last week. He can't do any less, but I, I think he's going to be a bigger part of the offense and a game plan. So, of this wide receiver core, and if we include Delaney Walker. He's the guy I think that I'm going to be keying in on the most and be most comfortable with playing. Um, you, you know, coming back off an injury with his age, there was plenty of concern, but the the Titans showed that they still have a lot of intentions in getting him the ball and making him a, a key part of this offense moving forward. We move on to Steelers Seahawks. Um, Seahawks defense just did not look good last week for Sandy Dalton and John Ross. John Ross looked like a superstar last week. Um, Steelers offense did not look good against the Patriots. Made a lot of people crap to bet about Juju in that offense. I'm really not in that camp. Um, I think this is a big-time bounce-back week for the Steelers and the fantasy, uh, fantasy players, especially Juju and uh, Big Ben. Um, you know, I guess, I guess I'll save it for later, but I like Big Ben a lot this week. Um, Juju, top-five guy for me this week. I think it's big-time bounce-back. Are you really concerned about those guys? I guess the only person we should talk about is... Uh, Dante Moncrief, he got 11 targets last week. Do you think that's repeatable? Do you think he could have a little uh, a solid deep team slash flex spark on Sunday? Yeah, when it comes to Dante Moncrief, he's a guy that I actually saw getting dropped a lot in, in, in waivers this week. So he's a guy that could be out there on your, your waiver wire if you do have uh, all Look, if you do have injury struggles and, and looking for somebody, I, I'd go look for him on your waiver wire. I like the 11 targets. He had a rough game last week. So it, it's I, th- I counted at least three drops. I think um, when you look at the snaps he had last week, 62 snaps, uh, 11 targets, you want volume. I, I don't think there's going to be a lot of guys that you're going to be able to find that volume with out there on the waiver wire. So he's a guy that I think you need to go ahead and stash if he's out there. A, a lot of last week for me, was it's just the Bill Belichick effect. Like he's a master of scheming and taking away things. Um, Juju was a little bit banged up, so it, it's going to be interesting to see how he does this week. But yeah, I definitely think the, the Steelers players are in a, a smash play for for this week and a big bounce back of, of what they did last week against the Seattle defense that I'm just frankly not impressed with. James Conner, top ten guy this week. Yeah, for me, he is. Um, I, look, I, the one thing I will say about this this Seahawks defense is soccer group that I can remember them having. Uh, so I, I think you have to look at some things with that. But but James Conner is still going to be my my running back eight. I have him just behind uh, Nick Chubb and right before David Johnson. So I think you can still play him comfortably. Look, we're not getting cute at this point. One bag week does not make a season. So if you drafted James Conner, he's more than likely was your first or second round pick. So you're going to go ahead and continue to put him in the lineup. It's not anything to, to, like I said, get cute about. So just put him in and forget about it. So let's bounce over to the Seahawks right now. Um, I mean, 
Chris Carson, I think, looked really good last week. I think he's going to be a solid performer. Um, man, I just I don't know where to go with this because I feel like you're not starting really any of these guys. Um, aside from Chris Carson, uh, and I guess Russell Wilson, maybe. Um, Scott, anyone you think has big potential this week in that Seahawks offense? Yeah, I think you still have to to roll out there with Tyler Lockett. You saw DK Metcalf uh, have a good game, a, a good showing as his first game for a rookie. So, but I, I think Lockett's still the key to this offense. He's going to go ahead and continue to 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 lead that that team and, and targets and and whatnot. So, and and look. I just think that the history he has with Russell Wilson last year is gonna gonna go ahead and, and carry over. I, I think this week he he's got some good matchups. None of these guys that are that are here in the, the Steelers secondary really scare you. You look at what they did last week and just getting kind of carved up by uh by Tom Brady, who is the goat, contrary to to what you believe. And uh, I, I think uh, Russell Wilson, I, I have confidence in him. I think this is going to be a good back and forth game. The over under is only set at forty six and a half. Um, but look, it's got Seattle as as twenty one points on the on the game. So I think you can look for Russell Wilson, Chris Carson, and uh, Tyler Lockett on the Seahawks side of the ball. Bills Giants. Um, I'm like kind of low key excited about this game. I know that's awful. Giants side of things. We know Evan Ingram is going to continue to put up numbers. I think he's just shoe in top five tight end every week at least until Golden Tate is back. Saquon Barkley. I mean, come on, you already know. Um, I guess Sterling Shepard, Scott. Are you, are you comfortable with Sterling Shepard as a top thirty guy? No, not this week. Uh, Sterling Shepard worried me a little bit, got banged up last week. So he's a guy that I'm shying away from uh, this week. I think uh, if you have him, leave him on your bench until you see otherwise and make sure that he's uh, completely healthy. I think Ingram is a guy that uh, this offense is going to continue to go through. Um, you, you saw the target and the volumes that he got last week. He, he also got one in the end zone. So I think you can go ahead and, and, and key him in. He's going to be money in the bank each week along with Saquon Barkley. Um, let's go over to the Bills because I really feel like I think your fantasy your fantasy starts right now on the Giants offense is definitely stuck with Saquon Ingram and Sterling Shepard. Uh, the Bills, um, Josh Allen, I mean, turn the ball over four times. Um, you know, take those four turnovers away and he puts up a 24 point day. I think, you know, he's got that value with his legs. We saw 38 rushing yards and a touchdown. So he's somehow like being a, a decent fantasy quarterback. I think we, we haven't seen him do much different, but uh, we're not starting Josh Allen, but I just kind of want to emphasize that he's keeping that offense rolling. So Devin Singletary, he ran a lot of routes last week. I thought he looked good. Scott, I like Devin Singletary a lot this week. Are, are you in the camp? Uh, are you in the camp with me? Because I got him as a top twenty guy this week. Yeah, I think until you see otherwise, you, you saw a really good. Uh, you saw a really good debut. So he wasn't expected to uh, get quite the volume that he got. They still uh, tried running things through Frank Gore, but Devin Singletary proved that that just. He was the the more efficient and more explosive play. Look, the guy makes flash plays with some of the moves he has. I don't have him quite as high as what you have. I, I do have him uh, as a, a solid flex option this week. I, I have him in the running back 28 range. I think there's going to be some other guys that you can kind of key on. But but look, moving forward, if you have Devin Singletary, I think you go ahead and play him comfortably as a flex play. I, I just, man, ever since Snacks Harrison left, um, left that Giants team, I mean, their run defense has been poor. So I like Devin Singletary a lot. We can talk about that later. Um, 
you know, is there anything else with the Bills? I know John Brown's getting some looks. Yeah, I think uh, John Brown, you have to be excited at, at what you saw out of John Brown. We didn't really hit on him too much in our waiver wire show, and that's because he's he was owned in more than 50% of, of leagues. So, uh, you know, he's he's not a guy that, that, that really should have been on the, on the waiver wire. I think he, he's been slotted in as that wide receiver one there in Buffalo for a while. And his, his skill set really fits in with uh, Josh Allen at quarterback and how he wants to push the ball down the field. Um, you start looking at him last week in, in his production, and look, the the ten targets is is exactly what you want to see from a volume standpoint from a, a late round pick like that. So he's going to end up having some bad games here and there. But but look, I, I don't have issue with uh, if you, if you're putting him in as a as a flex player or even I think he's a strong second flex option if you're playing a, a league that has two flexes. So I think you need to continue to pay attention to uh, John Brown and, and what he's doing. He finally seems to have the, the sickle cell trait under control right now. And look, seven seven receptions, 123 yards, and a touchdown is nothing to sneeze at. So moving forward, especially in this matchup, I think uh, the Giants' secondary is beatable. So I, I would go ahead and continue to to maybe try to get John Brown into some lineups. Uh, you saw what, like we talked about, Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper both did against this this offense, I mean, excuse me, this defense uh, that the Giants are rolling out there. So uh, I'd like to go ahead and get him into some lineups. 49ers, Bengals. Um, let's start on the Bengals side of thing with the big news, Joe Mixon uh, battling an ankle injury. I, I'm going to be a bad show host and say we do not, I believe we do not have official designation. So we, I think Joe Mixon is not officially out yet, but we're expecting Giovanni Bernard to get a lot of the work. Uh, I kind of liked him on waivers this week. uh, Just, just for that play this week. Uh, What are you doing with Joe Mixon and Giovanni Bernard? If you do not have Gio Bernard, what are you assuming with Joe Mixon? Yeah, this is one of the things where you just have to wait till you get closer to Sunday and see how things shake out as far as whether or not Joe Mixon is going to play. So, Giovanni Bernard is definitely going to be elevated. Uh, he's a must-add on a waiver wire with this injury. Um, so until things shake out, you have to kind of hold on, on Gio Bernard. But if uh, Joe Mixon does not play, uh, Gio is, is definitely a strong flex option, uh, and I think he has running back two upside. So I'll probably be uh, ranking him as such. And, and I actually have him one spot in front of uh, Devin Singletary on the week. So right now, Gio is my... Uh, Running back 27, and uh, he could be moving up as, as soon as I get uh, an official designation on uh, what's going on with Mixon. Uh, and just for clarification, Joe Mixon has been out on injury reports at practice, but just he's doing side work, so not designated yet as out on Sunday. So it's going to be something that's going to probably come down to Sunday morning. Uh, Tyler Boyd, not much to say. Top 20 guy for all of us. Yeah, I'm still comfortable with Tyler Boyd. Uh, look, it, it was great to see John Ross do something last week. Uh, he, he's been been a ghost throughout his first two years. So it, it'll be interesting to see whether or not it's a, a production of this offense and, and whatnot. Ross isn't a guy that I'm hugely high on. While he did have the uh, the big game with two touchdowns and, and went went completely gonzo last week. I, I think you have to temper expectations with John Ross. I'm much more comfortable with the target volume and, and where Tyler Boyd's going to be getting the ball. It's really hard to depend on those big plays like John Ross got. So for me, the better bet is going to be Tyler Boyd going forward. And I think you also have to 
pay attention to what's going on with AJ Green. Reports are coming out that he's ahead of schedule, so he could be coming back sooner rather than later. So people that are going to be dependent upon John Ross may be disappointed down the stretch when AJ Green comes back. But until they get AJ Green, John Ross top thirty guy this week. No, not for me. Um, I, John Ross is probably going to end up matched up on Richard Sherman. Um, while Richard Sherman can be beat deep by some some of the speed guys like what John Ross is, I expect Richard Sherman to have a good game this week against Ross. Terry McLaurin or um, John Ross? For me, it's Terry McLaurin. I agree, I agree. 49ers, um, Jimmy G did not look great last week, so we'll be paying attention for a backup or excuse me, a kind of a, um, a, a pick-me-back-up this week for his performance. Um, Matt Breda, so we have no Tevin Coleman. Uh, it's going to be Raheem Mostert who's going to be the backup. Uh, they do like Raheem Mostert, though, and I, I actually kind of like him, too. I, I think he's a talented guy. I mean, I don't think he's going to get a lot of fantasy work this week, but just someone to keep an eye on, especially if the fantasy, uh, or should I say the 49ers coaching staff likes him. But Matt Breda, I'm a little higher on him than the industry, I think. I think I have him right in that running back 20 range. I am confident that he's going to get a lot of work this week if he can stay on the field. Scott, I I know we we both love Breda, but are you as confident as I am for this week? Look, we can just go ahead and title the show Hashtag Breda Season because, uh, look, this is exactly what we're looking for. Um, but just the opportunity within this offense, there, there's a possibility, and I, I really want to pay attention to red zone looks this week and and see where more stats kind of slotting in. I, I could see him possibly stealing some some short yardage work and maybe a touchdown opportunity from uh, Breda. But look, we we hyped him all off season long. We're both on this this Breda hype train, and this is what we looked for: an injury right here to to Tevin Coleman, and it's a high ankle sprain. So I expect this to be more than just a, a this week type of deal. I think this is something that could could linger for a little while for for Tevin Coleman. It's not something that he's really going to be able to cut on and plant. So for me, Brady's going to be the lead back here going forward. He's going to be in all my lineups. I'm comfortable with him as a, a running back two this week. And I think he's he's got some upside, especially in PPR leagues. And uh, look, you, you saw what Chris Carson did to this Bengals defense. So I think that type of game, I, I don't expect Brady to have two touchdowns, but I definitely see him as a solid running back two play with upside. I, I, we're not starting any of them, but um, just let's let's talk about what are we looking for this week out of the 49ers receivers? Because I feel like we're a few Debo Samuel games away from waiting for Dante Pettis to get traded. Yeah, it's it's rough to go ahead and, and really try to project any of these guys. Every single one of them are going to be outside of the, the top 50 wide receivers for me. Uh, I think Marquise Goodwin may be like if you had to take a deep dart throw, I'd maybe go with him because he just has the affinity for that deep ball. But with the way Garoppolo looked in week one, I'm not comfortable with any of these guys. It's basically Kittle and Breda for me on this offense. I think even uh, Jimmy G this week is, is going to be a sit um, unless you're like really streaming deeply on on the waiver wire. So for me, it, it's Kittle and Breda are a bust. Let's move on. Lions, Chargers. Um, a lot of people pumping the brakes on Carrion Johnson. I'm not in that camp yet. I, I thought he looked good on some runs. Uh, you know, wasn't the performance we wanted out of him for it being the Cardinals defense. But, you know, nonetheless, uh, I'm not super concerned. Um, he'll have an interesting matchup this week, um, you know, with this Chargers team. Carrion, top 14 for you or kind of just outside that range? 
No, I'm dropping Carryon Johnson down a, a decent bit. For me, the issue that I saw was that then when it when it was still a, a one a one score game, CJ Anderson was getting a, a lot of work last week, so that was a little bit of concerning to me. It still looks like they're they're kind of in a 60-40 split based upon what I saw last week. So that really goes ahead and, and caps Carryon Johnson's upside. So you really want to see things play out a little bit differently. I'd be a lot more comfortable with a, a 70-30 split this week if that can happen. So until I see that, I have to kind of adjust my rankings and be a little bit more cautious with, with Carryon Johnson. That being said, he, he's right there in that, that running back 20 range. For me, I, I think uh, I, I'm a little bit more comfortable with even Damian Williams right now this week. So um, for me, I'm going to go ahead and cap on Johnson. He's going to be outside of those top 15 running backs for me. Uh, the wide receivers, uh, Galladay looked pretty good last week. Uh, we trusting Ken Galladay this week versus a, uh, what's known to be a good Chargers defense. Yeah, I think uh, you can kind of temper expectations for Galladay a little bit as well. Um, he's going to be matched up on Hayward. Is probably going to be who's going to travel with him and shadow him the entire uh, the entire game. So for me, he's still a, a, a solid uh, wide receiver too. I have him right now as my uh, wide receiver twenty two on the week, just ahead of uh, Allen Robinson. Um, so I think you kind of just start looking at, at at a tier of players and. In that same tier of guys, I have Galladay with Allen Robinson, Alshon Jeffrey, um, you know, those type of guys. I think, you know, another guy we'll talk about a little bit later, but I think Tyrell Williams is is a similar play to, to Kenny Galladay going ahead this week. Um, TJ Hawkinson, uh, I'm assuming we both have him top eight. Yeah, Hawkinson's uh, going to be a little bit higher than that for me this week. Um, look, I have an affinity. I have a, a deep man crush for for T.J. Hawkinson. So, um, look, he blew it up last week and, and and made me look very smart. Even though uh, I, I just thought you can connect the dots and, and see things coming. I, I think this offense is going to continue to function through Galladay with the with the specifically with the linebackers they have to, here. I'm not concerned with. Uh, with any of these guys like causing problems um, for for Hawkinson, I, I think you're going to see another good week out of Hawkinson. I think he's clearly startable as a tight end one moving forward. So Hawkinson's a guy that's going to be in all of my lineups, um, and I, I expect big things moving forward. Uh, you know, my my bold prediction was was uh, tight end four on, on the year, and so right now that is uh, trending in the right direction. So hopefully, if we can see that continue here in week two against the San Diego defense. Sandy, uh, you said San Diego, so you got yeah. to think in San Diego. Look, hey, it, it's all right. It, it, if there are San Diego people listening, then we probably just ruined their day. But that's okay. They'll get over it. They live in San Diego. Um, Chargers um, offense, We, I guess Hunter Henry news is pretty big. Uh, they're expecting four to six weeks. But J.J. Watt had that same injury a few years ago, and he missed the entire year. So it's that's going to be an interesting scenario. So Mike Williams is banged up. Hunter Henry's out. I feel like this is going to be Keenan Allen 13 reception week. So I actually have Keenan on the outside looking in of uh, top five wide receiver. Scott, you like Keenan Allen this week? Yeah, I actually do. And I don't think Darius Slay is going to follow him around in this matchup. So I think Keenan Allen is going to, going to get a lot of work. I think he'll be able to move around the 
the offense within the formation. So work out a slot, work a little bit on the outside. And look, he's one of the best route runners in the NFL. So he he has a knack for getting open. And I, I just think when you start looking at the injuries and you start looking at Mike Williams being banged up, I, I think it's going to be a huge week for Keenan Allen. And the other the other big thing, look, Austin Eckler blew it the fuck up last week. So I, I think the volume of what Eckler got, and I, I think within this passing game with Mike Williams being being banged up, I, I think you're going to see Eckler getting a lot of receptions and a lot of targets as well. So, yeah, so my thing, you know, staying on Eckler, I mean, heading into the year, um, I wasn't super high on Eckler because I really wasn't sold on him as an as an upright runner. You know, he's kind of more of a PPR back in my opinion. But, man, he, he proved me wrong last week. And then Justin Jackson looked good last week. So I know Eckler's the priority over Jackson. So where are you thinking Eckler's going to go this week uh, in starting lineups? I feel like he's going to be a lot of people's running back twos, and I think that's fair. But is it also fair to say he might be on the outside looking into that? I mean, do we really think the re- uh, the Chargers are going to roll like they did last week? Look, regardless of whether or not they uh, roll quite the way they did the last week, for me, Eckler is going to be my running back 13. So he's going to be right wow. there on the outside looking in for uh, that running back one upside. So I, I think you you just look at volume. We talk about it all the time. We want opportunity. Last week, uh, you know, Austin Eckler had an 81.8% uh, snap share there. So the opportunity share, he got 63% of the uh, touches basically an opportunity thrown his way i think, think you're going to continue to see him and as long as he can prove that he he can carry that load i think they're going to continue to to go ahead and give him the, the load and look one of the things that i was actually happy to see look melvin gordon was uh tweeting during the game last week and he was super pumped that uh, austin eckler was getting his opportunity so it's good to see that there's no sour grapes there and that uh gordon was actually cheering on eckler even though it kind of takes some of his negotiating leverage away and it's something that could actually see gordon hold out even longer is there anyone else in that chargers offense i mean if mike williams is on the field do you immediately slot him into a flex play or do you just kind of be cautious no, I, I think you have to be cautious, and, and you saw even last week with a guy like uh, Stephon Diggs, who's who's had some history of when he's on that injury report not performing well. For me, I, I think this is a week to go ahead and, and sit Mike Williams until you see that he's fully healthy. All right, so let's let us move on to the next game. Vikings at Packers should be a really great game at, at Lambeau Field. Packers, um, Aaron Rodgers, uh, he played well last week, but from a fantasy standpoint, he really didn't. Um, but, you know, kind of expected that versus the Bears. Um, Aaron Rodgers, Scott, just because a lot of people drafted him kind of in that top six round range. Rodgers, are you starting him this week? Or, you know, if you have, uh, are you going to stick to kind of what I said last week? You know, if you have Lamar Jackson, I feel like you kind of, it's going to suck, but you kind of got to start him over Rodgers. Yeah, I have Rodgers in my same spot. Uh, this week is what I have him last week. He slots in right there at, at QB10. This Minnesota defense is is not quite what the Bears are, but they're still going to be a formidable matchup. I think you can expect Xavier Rhodes to be on Devontae Adams last year. And Rhodes, look, Devontae Adams had good games against Rhodes, but it, it was because touchdowns kind of bailed him out. So Rhodes kind of limited quite the ceiling that Devontae Adams had. So I think you have to be somewhat cautious with your approach this, this week. But look, you, you're not sitting any of these guys um, unless 
look, we talked about Lamar Jackson. I think Lamar Jackson is a start over Aaron Rodgers at this point in time. So I think that's something you definitely have to consider. But you're not going to bench Devontae Adams with any matchup. So it's going to be interesting. I want to see how Aaron Jones bounces back from an abysmal game last week. And then it'll also be interesting to see how that the, the rest of the targets are divvied up. Jimmy Graham looked like he was a, a bigger part of the offense last week than what he was the year prior, and I want to see if Marquez Valdez-Scantlin continues to be that number two option over Geronimo Allison. That's a good point. Aaron Jones, a lot of people drafted him in that round three range, maybe round four if you were lucky. I feel like, man, I, I feel like if you got like someone like a Matt Breda late, you plug Breda in over Jones. I'm just, I'm not feeling Jones this week, and I like Aaron Jones. I think he's got, he's got really good uh, measurables, uh, super talented guy. He he's been one of my favorite guys for the last year and a half because I think he's really never gotten his opportunity, and he finally last year. That being said, I'd still start Matt Breda and other guys over him. Right? Are we just kind of trying to avoid Aaron Jones this week? Well, the one thing you have to look at, and yes, absolutely, I'm more comfortable with Matt Breda this week over Aaron Jones, but Aaron Jones really doesn't have any competition for for volume there within that that Green Bay backfield. So for me, this is more of a matchup issue than it is a a volume issue and opportunity issue with Aaron Jones. I I think he's going to be my my runner back 24 on the week I think he's at the bottom of the running back two barrel so he's a little bit more of a a flex start with some running back two upside if he can actually get into the end zone and and do something but I think you have to be very cautious and temper expectations for Aaron Jones this week against Minnesota let's uh, actually you know just really quickly talk about Devontae Adams Uh, I feel like Valdez Scantling I, I have him on the outside looking at a wide receiver three do you think that's kind of the range he should be yeah, um, I, I think so. I, I like the target volume that we saw last week. Um, I have him a little bit after uh, wide receiver 40. I can see moving him up. I have to kind of reevaluate a couple of things. I do like him more than guys like like John Ross and, and Marvin Jones and, and some of those guys. So I, I think he's right there on that, that, that fringe flex play, that fringe wide receiver three range for me this week. Um, is this Geronimo Allison's last effort? So if he if he looks bad, we're dropping him. Look, I I just think it's a situation you really have to start looking at, at target volume and snap counts. It's uh you know Geronimo Allison is gonna have games this year. He's gonna have one or two huge games where he blows up and and, and does something. The problem is is what we want to target is opportunity and volume. And so if he's a guy that after week two we can't predict that, then he may be a, a drop, especially for a guy like Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin is a guy that I'm gonna be more comfortable with this week than uh than Geronimo Allison, and I, I think you just really have to pay attention to to how things get divvied out, and I, I still expect Marquez Valdez-Scantlin to be that number two option over Allison. The Vikings, 10 pass attempts for Kirk Cousins. Uh, I, I mean, we're, we're expecting a bounce back for the passing game, right? Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs, it's not going to be a repeat of last week, is it? No, and I, I think the the market's kind of overreacted a, a little bit on what they saw out of Kirk Cousins last week. Um, right now, Fantasy Pros has him as a uh, QB 24, which basically puts him deep, deep in, in QB streaming range. So uh, I actually have him on a couple of the rosters as uh, my, my QB 2. And, and look, I, I think Kirk Cousins is in a good position to outperform where he's being ranked this week. So I, I definitely don't expect uh, 10... 
10 passing attempts to to be the norm. I think that's going to be an outlier game for him on the season. While I don't expect the volume to be what it was last year, I think you can see him have a, a bounce back week. And even even with the the 10 you know the 10 attempts that he had last week, he still had a decent game due to a rushing touchdown. So uh, I think Kirk Cousins is a, like I said a solid streaming option if he's on your waiver wire and somebody in the league cut him. I would go ahead and consider him a, a decent start this week against the Packers defense. Dalvin Cook, it's it's time, right? The the break the the breakout train is going to keep rolling in Lambeau. Yeah, until I see something different. Uh, Dalvin Cook is uh, my running back five on the week. Um, I have him just behind uh, Ezekiel Elliott and ahead of guys like Le'Veon Bell and Nick Chubb. So, look and, and until that. Until that coach and staff so shows me something different with Dalvin Cook, he's going to continue to to be up there in that five to seven range week in and week out. And so I, I think it's just rare you find some of these running backs that are both getting the passing down work and the the early rushing down volume and, and have that touchdown upside. So Dalvin Cook's a must start each and every week. With uh, uh look, he, he's any any given week he could be the running back one. This week I actually had Christian McCaffrey as my my RB one. He had an off game last night and and. Thursday night football, so Dalvin Cook's definitely in that consideration. Um, I know it's it's not really a week one preview, a week two preview, but I have to ask this for you. Um, we'll talk about it next week. A bad game for Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs this week. Let's say they both do bad because low target volume. You're sending out trade offers, right? We're trying we're trying to buy low on Thielen and Diggs, aren't we? Yeah, I just. Uh... I don't know what the volume is going to be in this game. So right now the, the over and under is at 44. Um, Minnesota's expected point total is around 20. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see how things go. But but look, if you can get Stephon Diggs or Adam Thielen in there as your wide receiver three on your roster, you, look, definitely try to go ahead and, and target these guys in trades, especially for some of these other guys that are, are lesser known having, having breakouts. Uh, you know, I've seen some pretty crazy things happen, but if you have like a rookie guy like a DK Metcalf or let's just say A.J. Brown has a, has another solid game, Look, go ahead and dangle those those rookie guys that are being hyped through two weeks out for some of these guys like Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen and, and see if you can go ahead and, and get a bite. So well, I, I expect one of the two to go ahead and, and, and have a, a solid week this week. I definitely don't expect a, a repeat of last week. But the one thing that can, can that really concerns me is Stefan Diggs' history but while he's on the injury report. Um, you know, he hasn't had a great production when he is on the injury report. So for me, I have Adam Thielen, you know, slotted in right around wide receiver 10. Stefan Diggs is going to be a little ways down, kind of slotting in for me right around the, the wide receiver 21, 22 range, um, just ahead, I say, Kenny Galladay. Um, so I, I think pay attention to that. And like a, like we just talked about, if either one of these guys has a, a rough outing this week, try to make them a, a trade priority. Jaguars, Texans. Um, am, I am ashamed to say that I flaunted the eliteness of Deshaun Watson and I benched him last night for Cam Newton because I thought Cam Newton was going to be the top, top, uh, top three guy this week. So full disclosure. Have to talk about the uh, if we talk about the praise, we got to talk about our shitty plays as well. So, Deshaun Watson, I wasn't too confident in him. Uh, I mean, I think he's elite, but I just I see a lot of talent in that Jaguars defense. To, to, uh, you know, aside from what we saw Patrick Mahomes do to them, 
we have a history of the Jaguars Texans games being low scoring and just kind of trench games. Um, you know, being said, Scott, I know it's easy to say last night. I mean, now after seeing Cam Newton last night, so Deshaun Watson, where are you ranking him? I, I mean, I, I mean, I feel like, I mean, like I said, I mean, I, I, I benched him, but I feel like it's kind of hard to to bench him after last week. Yeah, he. He's my QB one on the season, and I have him slotted in as the quarterback four for the week. Um, I think one of the things that's going to be underplayed in, in, in this game is going to be the the Houston defense. I think they're going to be able to put the offense in a good position. But Gardner Minshew looked solid last week, and I think he set some rookie uh, records as far as uh, completions and, and whatnot. But I think the the Houston defense is, is going to take advantage of some some Gardner Minshew. Uh, mishaps and I think that's going to allow Deshaun Watson to to be in scoring position quite often in this game um the projected point total for Houston is 26 I think that offers enough meat on the bone for people to take advantage of, of Deshaun Watson Deshaun Watson DeAndre Hopkins and, and and Duke Johnson so the other thing I think uh Kikuti is going to be back this game and healthy, so it'll be interesting to see how they get him involved uh, along with Will Fuller and and Kenny stills who had a, a nice touchdown against the Saints last week so and and I will go ahead and throw this out if anybody plays in survivor leagues uh, I have Houston as basically my top pick I think they're going to be somewhat contrary to to the other two or three picks that you're going to see with the Patriots playing Miami and a couple of these other matchups I think Baltimore's a, a team that a, a lot of people are high on in survival pool so I uh, look bang the Houston drum this week in survivor Staying with uh, the Texans' um, running back situation, are we are we trusting Duke Johnson this week? Yeah, I, I'm high on Duke Johnson. I'll continue to be high on Duke Johnson in uh, PPR leagues, and and he's going to continue to to be in in a lot of my lineups as a, a running back too. Um, I just I, I like the talent that he has there, so I, I think. Uh, you can continue to to play him with, with confidence. The interesting thing for me is going to be where and how does Carlos Hyde perform this week against a decent Jags defense. So if you start seeing Carlos Hyde continue to get the the early down work here in, in week two, and if he can continue to to go ahead and, and play well, it'll be interesting to kind of change some of the projections for this backfield here in Houston. Um, I mean, so Kenny Seals, uh, Bill O'Brien saying that he's going to, they're going to keep increasing his work. Um, Will Fuller flash in the pan. Kiki QT might be back this week. I mean, just, there's so much of a, of a jumbled up, uh, Ness in that wide receiving core. Is there anyone in that wide receiving core you trust the most right now? Well, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins is a, a no-brainer. Aside from him, gonna, yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to guess that you're uh, leaving him on out. But I, I think Will Fuller is probably uh, the guy that I would be most comfortable with. It's going to be interesting to see if Jalen Ramsey matches up on uh, DeAndre Hopkins or if they kind of mix and match with Ramsey and A.J. Bouyes. But I, I think Will Fuller has the ability to to catch a lot of those deep balls. So I, I like where he slots in this offense with his air yard volume. But Hopkins is going to continue to be all over the field. And if they start paying too much attention to Hopkins, I think that kind of opens up the deep ball for Will Fuller. Texans, uh, excuse me, uh, we're going to move on to the next game. Patriots and Dolphins. Um, (laughs) I guess we'll start with the Patriots side of things. Um, Let me start with this. Are we concerned that they're going to beat them so bad that they're going to take out players? 
I, I think it's very possible that you could see <laughs> you could see Tom Brady not play a, a, a full game. I, I think uh, Jarrett Stidham looked good in the preseason. I, I could definitely see him getting some fourth quarter action. And we we talked about it earlier. Look, if if you've got Anybody on the uh, Patriots uh, offense, I think you can go ahead and start them. We, we talked about Antonio Brown a little bit. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, but but one person I might be a little bit lower on this week as far as expectations go is, is James White. However, I think you're going to continue to see James White essentially operate in that, that short to intermediate range as a de, de facto tight end per se. I, I just don't see uh, – I don't see – the Patriots moving forward, being too concerned with uh, the tight end play, they uh, they they mixed and matched and, and played a, a lot of a lot of two running back, three wide receiver sets last week. So I, I think that's something a, a trend that you can pay attention to and continue. But the person that I'm really excited about in this Patriots offense this week, and you saw a bad week out of him last week, was Sony Michelle. I think Sony Michelle is gonna like get a ton of volume. I think the the Patriots are gonna be playing from ahead and you saw what Mark Ingram went ahead and did against this Miami defense. And I think you can kind of expect a repeat of that out of Sony Michelle this week. So here's an interesting point that was brought up to me. Patriots have had horrible success against former coaches. So kind of talk out of new England is that they're going to keep the, 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 the gas pedal to the floor just because they, they know that, you know, Flores could have some kind of advantage, but I think you just look at that talent in Miami and you just kind of say, okay, well, I don't care who's coaching that team. No one's going to win. Look, this is a dog shit roster that has checked out from from last week. We, you've already got players requesting trades where it is that, that Ryan Fitzpatrick's one of the guys that won out. Um, you talk you talk about the the rookie that they, they, they have, Minka Fitzpatrick from Alabama. He's a guy that's used to winning and wants no part, has been uh, granted his, uh, his request to go ahead and find a, a trade partner. Look, I, there's just no way. You, know, you saw what the Patriots did last week against the Steelers, and this team doesn't have an ounce of the talent that the the Steelers have. So there's no way to expect the Patriots to be anything other than a smash play. I think they had the highest point total this week with uh, 33.5 expected points. I want to say that this is a, a, a record spread there in, in Vegas. Um, right now I'm looking at it, it's at 18 and a half and some places have it as 19 for a, 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 a road team, excuse me. Um, so I, I just don't see any way to be concerned about this matchup from the Patriots standpoint. Um, the only thing I have to ask about the Dolphins, because we're not starting any of them, um, and we talked a little bit about Josh Gordon and Antonio Brown earlier, so I don't really think we need to spend more time on it. Um, Kenyon Drake, at what point do we give up on Kenyon Drake? Look, it's it's all, all about game script, and I just don't think that he's going to be in positive game script to make a consistent difference on a week-in and week-out basis. So at best right now, what he's going to be is a bi-week filler and a hope that you know they can get him some passing down work when they're, they're running from behind. But even that, you saw Kalen Balazs end up getting a start last week, even though Kenyon Drake kind of out-snapped him with 54% of the snaps. But, but look, Balazs still got 40% of the snaps. So for whatever reason, it seems like this coaching staff can, continues to, to like Kalen Balazs, even though the kid's got no vision running the ball. But as far as Kenyon Drake goes, he's not somebody that I can 
comfortably tell anybody to start this week or any other week moving forward. I, I think until you see things shake out, they're still trying to to go ahead and work with this team and this roster and see what they have. I, I think Albert Wilson's probably the most playable person on on the roster. You saw Preston Wilson. Preston, excuse me, Preston Williams get a touchdown last week. That's more of a, a deeper roster staff in, in dynasty leagues and things like that. So as far as Kenyon Drake goes, he's not anybody that I'm going to go ahead and suggest start. Let's move on uh, to what I think is going to be like low key, one of the most exciting games of the week. Uh, Chiefs, Raiders, let's start from the Chiefs side of things because it's the easiest. You're starting Mahomes. You're starting Sammy Watkins. Um, you're starting Travis Kelsey. Uh, you're, I I think you're starting Damian Williams, right? I think, I think what we look at last week is while he didn't look impressive on the ground, I think, I think when you look at fantasy, you have to understand this and just tell me if you agree or not after this, um, the receiving downs back in Kansas city, which it is Damian Williams. He is going to be a valuable asset in fantasy. Maybe not third round where he was going, uh, second round some drafts, but the third down running back in Kansas City in a PPR league is going to be a flex option every week, true or false? Yeah, I think so, and I actually think Sean McCoy is a flex option. Um, I, you didn't see the... The, the snap totals you wanted out of LaShawn McCoy, but I think he's going to get eased in as the weeks go by. Um, Damian Williams had uh, 66% of the snaps to LaShawn McCoy only having 30, but it was LaShawn McCoy that looked better running the ball um, within this offense. So I, I think both guys, I think this is just a full-blown running back by committee for me. I think both guys are, are going to have that that low RB2 to, to high-end running back three slash flex appeal on a weekend and week out basis within this offense. The other thing is, is going to be interesting to see. I, I think you really have to kind of check out Nicole Hardman and, and see how he's going to function within this offense. I don't think it's just a, a given that he slides in and takes all of that, uh, that Tyreek Hill role. I think a lot of that could end up get, coming out. And I think LaShawn McCoy could start getting some more volume. I, I think the the biggest thing is what we saw out of Sammy Watkins last week. And Sammy Watkins is a guy that once we start talking about wide receivers, he's in that wide receiver one talk now. So for me right now, I have him slotted just behind Keenan Allen on a week, kind of in that wide receiver eight territory. And if you're a guy that invested in, in Sammy Watkins, this is the best case scenario for the upside that you were you're kind of targeting there in that, that Kansas City offense. Let's go to the Raiders. Um, I know we like Derek Carr this week, especially as a streamer. Um, here's my question you went when we talk about the Raiders started off with. Um, Tyra Williams, I have a lot of them. I think you do too. He was one of my sleepers. Uh, him and Sammy Watkins were sleepers, I think, on, on my uh, on our wide receiver show. Um, I didn't I didn't even expect AB to get to get dropped. So I mean that just boosts Tyra Williams. So this week, um, I think he's got top 12 potential in a shootout matchup this week. Uh, it might be a little high, but I, I am saying potential. Um, Tyro Williams, he, you have to start him this week, right? I think he, he, I think no matter what you have in your lineup, you have to put him in as a flex. 
Yeah, look, this Kansas City defense is uh, is not anything to really be worried about. And I, I think we saw a really good rapport last week and specifically the way this, this offense functioned. I think the offensive line is a lot better than what people were giving them credit for there in the, uh, in the preseason. And I, I think you can very easily see this offense continue to function with a big three of of Tyrell Williams, Darren Waller, and Josh Jacobs. All of them performed very well last week. I, I think the target volume is is going to go ahead and, and function between Darren Waller and Tyrell Williams. And I, I think Jacobs, while the game script might not be what you want, I think you can see him get more involved in the passing game this week. But I, I like all of these guys as, as start plays this week. Josh Jacobs, um, here's my question to you is, and, and you're starting him, obviously. I think you have to. Uh, game script. So I think this is a big week for Josh Jacob owners. Uh, we're going to see how he is used in, um, we're assuming, a game where Oakland's going to be chasing points. So I feel like Jalen Richard could get a little more work, or do you think they're going to roll Josh Jacobs out on a lot of passing downs? Look, I, I think you're going to see Josh Jacobs get used. Um, J- Jalen Rashard only saw 15% of the snaps last week. Josh Jacobs was in that 75% range. I, I think you, you go back to Gruden's history of guys like Kyle Williams and some of the other running backs that he's coaching. I, I hit on it all offseason. I, I think Josh Jacobs is a guy that, that you're going to see approach the 300 touch range as long as he can handle it and stays healthy. That's what you're going to continue to see. So it'll be interesting to see see with Kansas City if Kansas City gets ahead very early in this game how Josh Jacobs functions within this offense and and how much passing down work he gets so for me that's something I'm interested to see but I fully expect him to continue to be that bell cow back that is so elusive for people to get and I I think Jalen Rashard isn't necessarily a shoe in to get exactly the production that you saw out of him last year I think uh, like DeAndre Washington's kind of stepped up and gotten like more and more snaps than what people really expected. So for me, it's, it's all about Josh Jacobs. So I, I'm not even considering Jalen Rashard to start until I see something different. Yeah, no, no, for sure. I, I think Jalen Rashard not startable, but I mean, you know, we know how fantasy works and someone like him could take Josh Jacobs work. So Saints Rams, um, I think the entire NFL world, I think the, the entire three o'clock viewers are going to be tuned into this game. Everybody wants to watch the, the kind of the rematch, the NFC championship game. Um, let's start from the Ram side of things. Um, I like Jared Goff as a backup this week at home, um, kind of as a pick me back up after last week's, uh, you know, under 10 point performance. Um, Scott, are you buying into golf as top 10 this week? Yeah, I, I think uh, he's in a, a good spot. Um, look, the Saints the Saints secondary did not look great at all last week. Um, I, I think Cooper Cup is going to be in a smash spot. I have him as my uh, wide receiver 15 this week. I, I think P.J. Williams is going to have his hands full with, with Cooper Cup. And Cooper Cup's a guy that has actually played well against the Saints whenever he's had the opportunity. And Eli Apple's actually had some trouble. And look, you, you got to give Marshawn Lattimore a pass because I think anybody's going to have trouble with DeAndre Hopkins. But I, I think that Saints secondary is going to have their hands full this week with that Rams offense. So uh, I think uh, all of these guys are are startable. Um, the biggest question for me within this Rams offense is, are we going to see a continuation of Malcolm Brown taking away some of the upside and goal line snaps and red yep. zone snaps that we saw Todd Gurley miss out on last week? 
Todd Gurley did have some good runs. He, he strung together a, a solid, a, a solid couple of drives. But that upside, if Malcolm Brown is still in touchdown, that upside is really capped. So I think you have to continue to go ahead and start Todd Gurley. But by all means, if you have Todd Gurley, you should have went and picked up Malcolm Brown as a handcuff. I'm not a big advocate for handcuff plays, but in this situation, I think Malcolm Brown has to be owned if you're a Todd Gurley owner. Just adding that Malcolm Brown outsnapped Gurley in the red zone last week, um, and he did a lot of those snaps in the first quarter. So keep that in mind. Um, <clears throat> I mean, mo- most. I mean, most of the entire Rams' offense has started outside of Jared Everett. So um, let's shift over to the Saints. Um, you know, you're starting Michael Thomas. You're starting Alvin Kamara. Um, Jared Cook, if you have him, you're most likely starting him. Um, Drew Brees, Scott, uh, last week we had him top five. Uh, he didn't really put up the top five numbers we thought we'd see last week. Um, nonetheless, I mean, where are we looking at with Drew? We had him in that quarterback 12 to 13 range in our preseason rankings. Uh, is he top 10 this week? No, I have him actually uh, one spot outside of the top 10. I have him right there behind Aaron Rodgers as my QB 11 ahead of Baker Mayfield. Look, I, I just think you know what you're getting from Drew Brees at, at this point in time. I, I think he's going to have those huge weeks mixed in. But but generally, he's a guy that's going to get you the points that you need, and he's not going to lose you the game. Uh, Michael Thomas is my wide receiver one on a week, so I, I expect him to, to find some success. I think he had one of the, the quieter games last week for the, the, the production that he actually put up, um, you know, comparison to some of these other guys that you saw break out. But I think you're going to continue to see Michael Thomas perform well. And I think Drew Brees is going to continue to be a big part of that. So I think you can go ahead and be comfortable starting Drew Brees, expect him to get solid points uh, this week. And look, fantasy aside, how crazy is it going to be with the new rule, basically the Sean Payton rule of challenging pass interference? I, I just have this, this, this weird itch that tells me that there, there's going to be a, a flag thrown and there's going to be a challenge for pass interference this week in this game. And people are going to go ape shit over it on Twitter. I'm just, as a Saints fan, I'm praying we don't see that. Um, man, I just, I guess just maybe the last thing I'd like to add, because I think, I think this is going to be a shootout. A lot of guys got to start. Um, Latavius Murray. I was impressed by him last week. He got limited run. I think, you know, you look at those Texans linebackers, Alvin Kamara was a matchup nightmare for the Texans last week and the Saints were trailing. So, but Latavius looked good. Uh, you know, the Rams run defense wasn't great last week. Um, I feel like the, the Saints are going to try to dominate the time of possession, get Latavius some work, get the run game established in deeper leagues. Uh, are, are you keeping an eye on, an eye on Latavius? Or are you plugging him in? If you have injuries, any real interest in Latavius Murray? I have Latavius Murray as my running back 32 on the week. I think uh, there's there's some concern when you start looking at, at the snaps. Look, the Saints use Alvin Kamara as a true bell cow. He saw 75% of the snaps. The guy, the guy is just phenomenal. I, I, it's it's For me, it, it's, it's Kamara and Saquon is probably the two most talented backs in the league with uh, McCaffrey kind of mixed in there. But you see some of the things and just how smooth Kamara is. And there was some question of whether or not Murray was just going to slide directly into Mark Ingram's role. And I think he's having a, a little bit less of Mark Ingram's role. So whether or not that's just due to, to him being more comfortable or 
you know, what was going on last week within the matchup. I think you kind of have to pay attention to it this week. Um, maybe caution a little bit unless you have like a major injury that you need to play Latavius Murray. But I, I want to see him get more than than that 27 percent of the snap share. I want to see him more up in the 30 to 35 range. But with that being said, I, I think uh, Alvin Kamara is on the season, if this snap share and this touch volume continues, I think he's a almost a better bet to to finish as the the running back one on the year than Saquon Barkley or uh, Christian McCaffrey. Man, I love this Alvin Kamara. I have so much Alvin Kamara, and you you know that real well. Bears Broncos. Oh, I just ah, man. Um, let's start off from the Broncos side of things. <laughs> Sid Philip Lindsay start Cortland Sutton uh, or actually scratch that sit everybody start Cortland Sutton is that fair um you know it, it, it's one of these things where you have to to look at matchups and uh, you know last week you still saw uh, you know somebody like Devontae Adams struggle so even with Cortland Sutton having a, a good game last week against the Raiders can you really say that you're that comfortable with Cortland Sutton being a, a must start? For me, I still have him right in the wide receiver 42 range. So he's not a guy that, that I'm willing to throw out against a tough Bears uh, defense. I think you have to adjust for matchups. Um, and this just isn't a week. I didn't see enough out of Flacco against the Raiders to make me feel confident about Cortland Sutton. Um. Bears, um, I think it's going to be interesting to see the usage of David Montgomery and Tariq Cohen. Kind of all these running backs just were a convoluted mess last Thursday night. Um, man, Scott, I, I feel like in a PPR league you have to start Tariq Cohen because maybe he's got a he's got a floor for you um, unless you have a better option. But what are you doing with those Bears running backs? Yeah, I think Terry Cohen is a is an easy start. I, I think uh, the injury that you kind of have Anthony Miller dealing with. I think leaves a slot open for Tariq Cohen to continue to to function as a receiver that they're trying to get out into space. So I think he's an easy play. Um, he still saw 70% of the snaps there. So I, I think of the Bears backfield, he's the one that I'm most comfortable with continuing to see. The real question is, is what are the Bears going to do with the split between David Montgomery and Mike Davis? Uh, Mike Davis was the one that got more of the work. He was there when the game counted the most. Um, I, I didn't see the coaching staff display their praise in the form of, of snaps and touches for, for David Montgomery. So uh, I think if this trend continues, then a lot of people overdrafted David Montgomery. And, you know, I, I actually got him the one team that I have him on. I got him in the fifth round. I thought that was a value. But now I'm starting to to really be concerned. So hopefully something kind of shakes out because I do not want to see a three-headed monster in that Bears backfield. Anytime you have snaps getting split and divvied between three running backs, it's going to be a problem for anybody to break out and it severely caps each of their ceilings. So this is an important game to pay attention to. Uh, I'd hope to see uh, David Montgomery being, be closer to that 50% snap share and, and getting 50% of the touches, but we'll just have to see how that works out this week against the Broncos. Allen Robinson, we're rolling with him. Yeah, I think Allen Robinson, you have to roll with him. He's going to be in that that wide receiver 20 to 24 range. Uh, I think you saw last week that he was back. He was just beating defenders off, off the line every time, with getting clean releases and then and then getting even and then getting going. So and he was making some some good 
contested catches. You saw 44% of the, the yards there and, and the air were, were there for Allen Robinson. And, and look, I think he's a, a must start as a wide receiver too, um, you know, week in and week out right now until you see something different. Last uh, last game of the Sunday slate, Eagles and Falcons. I think this is going to be a shootout. We'll start from the Eagles side of things. Carson Wentz, I think you're starting him. Um, I guess the only thing I can really think of, you know, starting uh, Zach Ertz. Um, man, uh, Miles Sanders, uh, I think he could be a sleeper this week. Uh, you know, are you worried about the usage? And we just, we don't know what his usage is going to be. No, I'm not worried about the usage. And I think when you start looking at things, he played right under 50% of the snaps. He had a couple of big plays that were called back. I think, um, you know, things are trending in the right direction from Miles Sanders. We, we talked about it in, in a, a lot of the preseason. Miles Sanders isn't a guy that I was betting on to, to go ahead and, and just grab the headlines and, and grab this start and roll right away. I expected it to be about a four- to five-week process. I think last week what you saw of him and the way they played him, he, he severely outsnapped Jordan Howard. Um, I think this 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 team right now and this coaching staff is is comfortable and they see that Miles Sanders is the most talented option they have at running back. And then you factor in the the news that they actually tried to trade Jordan Howard and I think a fifth round pick for Melvin Gordon. So you can look at that two ways. One, are they that comfortable with Miles Sanders? Or two, have they just written off Jordan Howard? So I, I tend to think that it, it's a little bit more, uh, you know, tells you more about Jordan Howard. I think uh Miles Sanders is going to continue to to trend in an upward direction. I think you could see him get into the end zone in this this game. And and look, last week a player who's somewhat similar to to Miles Sanders and Dalvin Cook torched this offense. I mean, excuse me, this Atlanta defense. So uh, I think Miles Sanders is a sneaky play this week. And I, I think uh, in, in some DFS plays, I, I would definitely try to get him in there. The person that you have to pay attention to within this offense and. Look, Darren Sproles has been in the league, what, 15 years? And, you know, he, he continues to, to outperform everybody's expectations. Um, you look at the touches he got last week and, and, and the role that he had within this offense. And I actually like him as a, as the running back, too, in this offense over Jordan Howard moving forward. Alshon Jeffrey, uh, what are you thinking of him last week? I think I feel like that touchdown saved him, but... I mean, look, he's on the field, he's healthy, so I feel like he's almost like kind of like a nailed-in wide receiver, too, for the whole year. Yeah, I think uh, you saw Deshaun Jackson get loose last week, and, and, and we talked about the Redskins cornerbacks having trouble with those those big plays, but I think Alshon Jeffrey is going to be the guy that ends up getting the, the higher volume on the season. I think there's going to be weeks where, based upon the matchups, you can see things uh, rolling a little bit differently, but I fully expect uh, Trufant to, to be on Jackson most of the game because he's one of the only ones that can, can match up with uh, Jackson as far as the speed goes, but expect Alshon Jeffrey to be moved around and I think particularly he can take advantage of, of things in the slot um, against Casey the cornerback for Atlanta so I, I think Alshon Jeffrey is in a great spot this week um, like I said I have him one spot behind Allen Robinson right there in that, that mid-tier of, of wide receiver too so I think he's a, a comfortable and confident play this week at wide receiver Falcon side of things um, Matt Ryan uh, bounce back this week yeah, absolutely. I, I think uh, the game script just got things off. I, I think Minnesota is a much better defense than than what uh, 
you, you're going to see out of the Eagles. That that secondary, I have concerns with uh, both of the cornerbacks. Russell Douglas just doesn't have speed. You saw Terry McLaurin scorch him like all game last last week, and then Ronald Darby. For whatever reason, whenever they run some of the zone coverage, he tends to not get deep enough in the middle of the field whenever he has own responsibility with the with some of these safeties coming up and, and trying to double team people. This is going to be a huge week for Julio Jones. If Terry McLaurin was putting up those type of numbers, what do you think Julio Jones is going to do? I even like Muhammad Sanu as a sneaky flex play if you're having trouble uh you know, at the wide receiver position. I think he's a guy that you can possibly get into your lineup and he can surprise some people. So I, I like all of the wide receivers and even the tight end there with Austin Hooper um, this week in, in this matchup. And uh, the person that would probably concern me the most is uh, Devontae Freeman and what we saw out of him last week. Yeah, I'm just, I think this is, I think this is the end of the road for Devontae Freeman, not uh, it just... I just don't see it with him. And then the fact that Atlanta has a bad offensive line just doesn't help him uh, that much either. Um, final game of the night, um, or for the weekend, it's Browns, Jets, Sam Darnold making out with Chicks. Got the mono. He's out. Uh, we'll start there. Jets offense. Uh, Le'Veon says he's good to go. There were some rumors of a shoulder injury, but he says he's fine. He's ready to go. So, uh, man, um, uh, man, I... I guess the only person you start is Le'Veon Bell, Scott, because I, I, I mean it's going to be Trevor Simeon, and I think you have to start Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, you have to start Le'Veon Bell, but I, I think James uh, Jameson Crowder could be a sneaky play this week. I, I have him in the wide receiver thirty-two range. I think you look at the volume that you saw, and, and granted, it's not going to be. Sam Darnold throwing the ball this week, but I think how he functioned in that offense and with some of the offensive line issues that the Jets have, I think that that quick, like short and intermediate route is is what's going to continue to trend within this offense. So I think Jamison Crowder is a guy that you could possibly get into lineups as a flex play. Let's shift over to the Browns. Um, Odell, you're starting. Nick Chubb, you're starting. Uh, Baker, you're most likely starting, right? Is he top? Top 12, top 10 for you? I have him as the QB 12 on the week. So I'm a little bit concerned by what I saw last week. That offensive line had had serious problems. I'd like to see him go ahead and lean a little bit more on Nick Chubb this week against this Jets uh, defense that's really underrated by by what I, I consider. But I think you have to get a lot of these guys in, in on this matchup. I think uh, the Jets could end up having problems moving the ball behind uh, Trevor Simeon. So if if this offensive line continues to have problems, then then you, you need to start paying attention and moving some guys down. But Odell is definitely in a position where he needs to go ahead and, and bounce back. And I think this is a situation, if you're looking for a defense and special team to, to play this week, I think the Browns should definitely be in the mix and, and be on your list. I think uh, they're going to be able to, to get loose. And Miles Garrett is just a beast out there at defensive end. So I think uh, you could see a multi-sack game from him and maybe a couple of turnovers that put the Browns in good scoring position this week. So no real sleepers outside of that game, outside of really Jameson Crowder. Um, let's go to our smash plays of the week, Scott, so we can wrap up the week two preview. Quarterback, who you got? Look, quarterback for me, uh, I talked about it a little bit earlier, but uh, Derek Carr is uh, 
quarterback 19 on on fantasy pros and what we really talk about with our smash plays is somebody that's going to outperform where they're being ranked on the week by the majority of experts in the, the industry so he's a guy that i'm higher on than uh quarterback 19 this week if uh you're streaming quarterbacks i think he needs to be in, in, in on speed dial basically for you this week as one of the plays i liked what i saw out of tyrell williams i liked what i saw out of darren waller and josh jacobs so i think uh he's a good play and a, a safe bet for me from my standpoint to go ahead and outperform that QB 19 ranking. My smash play of the week is Steelers quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger, 418 yards last week for the red rocket, Andy Dalton in Seattle. So now they go across the entire country to Pittsburgh where big Ben has always played well at home. So big bounce back week for the Steelers. I love big Ben this week. I actually have him right around top five at quarterbacks. I am. I'm going for it with him. Um, I just like the matchup. I like. I just like the fact that he's at home. I like the Seahawks going across the country, across the time zones. The fact that their secondary is basically sliced cheese. So I just, I really like everything about Big Ben. I think that, I think that breakout is coming this weekend. I think Juju Smith-Schuster is going to have a good week. I think you're going to see Dante Moncrief get get back into kind of what we saw at a training camp. I mean, 11 targets. It, something's going to come of that. So. I really like it. Um, you also have Bobby Wagner patrolling the middle, so I think that Seahawks run defense is is still is still fine. I, I think they're really okay. So I think it's going to be a week for Big Ben to lean on his arm, and I think that's going to happen over in Pittsburgh. Um, running back Scott, who you got? For me, it's Sony Michelle. So. Last week, week one, he shit the bed, 15 attempts, 14 yards. It's not what you want to see. He didn't uh, didn't have a single target in the uh, passing game. You, you saw Rex Burkhead get a lot of work last week. But for me, I just think this game with the, the Vegas spread and what you saw last week out of the Dolphins, Sony Michelle is currently being ranked on uh, Fantasy Pros as the running back 22. I think he's absolutely going to smash that. I think you could see a two-touchdown game out of him. Uh, so I expect him to fully, fully, fully outperform that, that ranking. And I think he's going to be uh, my smash play for the week there at running back. My smash play is going to be Bills running back, Devin Singletary. I'm excited about him. Uh, 14.5 fantasy points, actually 14.8 fantasy points in the second half alone last week. Five catches, 28 yards, 70 yards on the ground. He just he impressed me. I, I think this is a Giants run defense who held their own last week, but they also held their own because they were getting thrown on all game because their pass defense is hot garbage. So, I like a closer game this week. I like the Bills to win this game. I like the Bills to be in this game. And I like them to lean on Devin Singletary a lot this week. I have him as my number 20th ranked running back this week. I'm starting him over David Montgomery. Starting him in a lot of leagues over Philip Lindsay. So I like Devin Singletary this week. He ran a lot of routes last week. I mean, those four catches in, in that one half were, were awesome. So I like Devin Singletary a lot this week. I think they're listing Frank Gore as that number one running back out there. But I'm not I'm not I'm not really trusting that you know, you know right now. So I like Devin Singletary a lot as my smash play. Scott, who's your wide receiver? Yeah, at wide receiver, I'm going to go ahead and target that Miami Dolphins game again. I'm going with Josh Gordon this week against the Dolphins. Uh, I think that point total is just too much for me to stay away from. But the interesting thing about Josh Gordon is he actually 
led all wide receivers in week one and target separation with 5.25 yards of separation. So I, I think you have to go ahead and, and look at Josh Gordon. I, I think he's in a spot where he could put up over 100 yards and a score this week. Um, he's somebody that I'm, I'm super high on. Uh, wide receiver 27 on Fantasy Pros rankings this week. I, I think he's going to outperform that and could be a, a mid-tier uh, wide receiver two on the week against a team that just don't expect to to give much i think they're going to go ahead and, and carve through the miami defense it's like a hot knife through butter last match play a wide receivers tyro williams um i think he's got a tw- top 12 upside this week i'll say it again i think he can be a wide receiver one this week he looked good last week um he lined up in the slot a little bit i mean the guy is moving around he he kind of looks like Gruden is using him in a non-one-dimensional role that we've seen him used in in the past. So Kansas City defense, who's not good, adding the fact they got Patrick Mahomes on the other side of the ball, so they're going to be scoring a lot. This is going to be a shootout, in my opinion. Take the over. Take all the Tyrell Williams you can get. So I like him as a smash play this week. I like him to find the end zone. I like him to add 100 yards in, uh, of receiving, I think. I think this is a big week for Tyrell Williams, so... Uh, I like Tyrell a lot. I think you drafted him in those late rounds, so you're going to have to maybe plug him in for someone. I'm starting him over Tyler Boyd this week, so that tells you how I think about Tyrell Williams. Uh, tight end position, Scott. Uh, we both nailed these last week, so let's try to nail them again. Who you got at tight end? Yeah, I, I like Austin Hooper as a sneaky play this week. Um, he, he's ranked as tight end 11. I think he can outperform that. Last week, Philadelphia had problems with Vernon Davis, and uh, this week, uh, I think Austin Hooper can take advantage of that. Um, so, Philadelphia gave up the seventh most points uh, in in fantasy last week to tight end. So, I have Austin Hooper and and that whole Atlanta offense having a uh, bounce back week. So, I'm going to go ahead and roll with him, and I expect him to to be in that that tight end seven to eight range. Yeah, I'm going with Jared Cook. Targets were down last week. Um, he still made two nice plays. I think he had one, I think it was like a 28-yard catch from Drew. Um, I like Jared Cook a lot this week. I like a shootout. I like a lot of balls in the air for the Saints offense. Um, I, I think a lot of play action. I think I think while they're going to try to emphasize that run, I think it's going to be a lot of play action. So I think it's going to be a lot of Jared Cook. Jared Cook last year versus the, uh, the Rams, 9 for 180. Uh, no touchdowns, but that's because he played for the Raiders. So... I like Jared Cook as a sneaky play this week. I have him uh, kind of in that top eight. I know kind of consensus has him borderline top 12. So I like Jared Cook this week. I think he finds the end zone as a saint, and I think he'll look good against a, uh, in my opinion, a weak linebacking core for the Rams. Uh, Scott, anything else? Anyone that you didn't put in your smash play but you think going to have a good week who might be kind of deeper? Uh, it's not anybody that I have uh, particularly on my eye, although one person one player did catch my eye, uh, and it was actually in last night's game. I think uh, the rookie kicker, Sly, over there for Carolina, I like what I've seen out of him. Um, you know, in, in most of the kicking leagues that, that I play in, I went ahead and picked him up. He put up 16 points, kicking two 50-yard field goals and, uh, and two other uh, 30-yard range field goals. So I, I think going forward with the struggles that you're seeing out of Cam Newton. I think you're going to see a team that would continue to to go ahead and, and, and kind of settle for field goals when they can get within that scoring range. The kid kicked a 59-yard field goal in preseason. He had the 250-yarders last night. So I think he's somebody going forward that maybe you can target at that uh, kicker position. I know we don't hit on kicker and defenses very much on the show just because I, I actually like playing in, in leagues that are set up without them. But 
If you're in one of those leagues looking for a kicker moving forward, I think he's a guy to go ahead and target. Pay attention to Graham Gano because that's who uh, is normally Carolina's kicker and he's under contract but currently injured. So it'll be interesting to see when Gano's healthy if they continue to go with Sly or if Sly ends up being picked up by another team. Yeah, and look, you guys can always find us at Four Downs on Twitter. We'll ask you questions, we'll answer your questions, help you with the starter sits. Um, Scott, they know where to find us, but where can they find you personally if they want to follow you and see your advice 24-7? Yeah, they can hit me up on Twitter at SSmithFF and uh, look for my rankings on Fantasy Pros. Last week I had an underwhelming but respectable 26th place finish, so I look to improve on that this week and get up there with some of those heavy hitters that are in the top for the rankings year in and year out. So look for me there, and like I said, look for... Anything that uh, you can go ahead and questions you have, hit us up at 4downspod on Twitter. We're more than happy to answer any questions. If you're listening on Apple, go ahead and uh, give us a review. Let us know how we're doing. If uh, We'd greatly appreciate any reviews or any feedback on the show, anything we can do better. And uh, look, if, if you're listening, we appreciate it. Yep, and again, like Scott mentioned, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcast, on Anchor, where we host our podcast as well. So a lot of places for you to listen to us. Guys, good luck. Don't think too hard on these starter sits, and uh, go win yourself a week. See you guys next week for the Waiver Wire Show. Bitch, I'm about to blow up. Uh-huh. Say what? Bitch, I'm about to blow up. Came up, I warmed up the next up, bitch. I'm about to blow up. Huh, uh, now don't it sound legendary? Live enough to resurrect the dead and buried. This for niggas who ain't satisfied with secondary. This for my sisters who ain't satisfied with secretary. Uh, I'm blowing up and bitch, I'm still me. But what's the cost to leave your dreams? Do you feel me? Everything glittering ain't what you think it will be. Funny how money chains and whips make me feel free. I'm starring in this bitch and yeah, I write the show. Fuck the haters, I'm headed to that place you like to go. They say what you fighting for, the game is on life support. A Gary Coma just passed. Life is short. Bitch, I'm about to blow up. Look, I'm about to blow up. Yeah, got to the club early just to get a friend. Wait for hoes to show up. Man, but now it's bottles at the tables. Bring the models, boy, I'm about to blow up. Uh huh, you know what? <laughs> Bitch, I'm about to blow up. Left side, left side, hey. Reconsider law school That means I wear a suit And bend the truth And feel awful Hell no, nah, Got a degree But what that cost you You make a good salary Just to pay Sally Mae That's real as ever Duck and bill collectors Like Jehovah's Witness When they showed up At your door at Christmas Was broke as dishes Tryna let it go Hit the club She drop it low Lower than my credit score Account overdraft What I got is debit for So much debt It got me drinking Thinking bitch I better blow 
I better blow These hoes ain't checking for no nigga with no Vehico You border like Mexico <laughs> Hey baby girl, what it look like? Hey, where your hair at? Hey, what you cook like? She say, where your bread at? Or what your whip like? You ain't got one or the other, well, brother, good night. Bitch, I'm about to blow up. Look, I'm about to blow up. Yeah, got to the club early just to get a friend, wait for hoes to show up. Man, but now it's bottles at the tables, bring them out as boy, I'm about to blow up. You know what? <laughs> Bitch, I'm about to blow up. Left side, left side, hey. Uh, right side, right side, uh huh. Left side, left side, hey. Spiritual, how they got these niggas on the TV selling miracles. You mean to tell me everything gonna be fine if I call your hotline and pay $29.99? Shit. Well, damn, why ain't you say so? Take the check and ask God to multiply all my pesos and erase my number out the phones of these fake hoes. I saved the number just in case, but now it's case closed. To you niggas biting my flows and my subject matter. You never be me, partner, so it don't fucking matter. You try to be in your career a C funeral. 